There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. All right, welcome to the Dark Delight Show. My name is Josh. It is December 8th, 2022. I hope everybody is doing well out there. And, you know, we start the day off with small victories. And, and I, I enjoy small victories. I, I like small victories because it shows that there is progress, that the so-called elite aren't necessarily elite, that they are vulnerable, that w- we can win against them. The Texas legislator today subpoenaed BlackRock for documents linked to their ESG effort. That's right. So BlackRock and any of its subsidiaries and affiliate entities has been subpoenaed by the Texas legislator last month for any documents related to the asset manager's efforts to push environmental, social, and government's policies. The subpoena, first reported by Fox News, was from the Texas Senate Committee on State Affairs and requested any documents related to ESG integration practices an ESG factor um, that BlackRock has a position in. The subpoena came after the committee wrote a letter to BlackRock Vanguard, State Street, and Institutional Shareholder Services, ISS, in August for documents related to the ESG decision-making process. Fox Business News has reported that Vanguard, State Street, and ISS turned over relevant information to the Texas Senate committee requested while BlackRock failed to do so, leading to the subpoena. Now, this is this is, I think, a win because we saw Florida remove all of their state pension money directly from any ESG invested fund. This is great because it pulls money away from one of the largest asset holders in the world known as BlackRock. Now, ESG is a highly subjective political score infiltrating all walks of life, forcing progressive policies on everyday Americans, resulting in higher prices at the pump and at the store. So ESG, environmental social governance, is kind of like policy reform within the financial institutions that trickles down. I call it trickle trickle down totalitarianism, right? And so the financial institutions basically set this precedent that in order to get money, to get capital, to get funding, these types of things, you have to have ESG protocols installed within your business. And so since they're the top financial institutions, they can set this precedent. Since they own all these other companies, they can set this precedent. Well, we had uh, Governor DeSantis in Florida pushing back against this by removing his money, the state pension money, directly from ESG funds. And now we're seeing Texas and other conservative states doing this as well. And that's great because that's what we need to do. We need to defund these radical progressive policies that basically set up for a, a totalitarian type of world. Now, ESG policies, this is where you get things like diversity, equity, and inclusion, which, look, should we be more diverse, more inclusive, and and, and more equitable? Not so much equitable. I think equality is a lot better than equity because equitable comes about in the sense of a, a communist perspective. But I think we have an incredibly diverse culture here. I think we have incredibly diverse workforces here in the United States of America. I think we're incredibly inclusive as a people. But the diversity, equity, and inclusion that they talk about is a radical transformation involving legislation, policy, uh, 
new rules and directives for work centers that they have to hire a certain amount of people, not based upon their qualifications, but based upon their race or their sexual gender. Now, that's like kind of discrimination. That, that's why we have the 1964 Civil Rights Act. But when we start looking deep into ESG, there's a lot of things that come out about it. Um, what's happening right now in the Netherlands, in Germany, within Europe, with the carbon aggregation, with nitrogen limits, this is ESG. That's the environmental part where ESG principles, protocols, these types of things trickle down to these businesses. Governments adopt them through what's known as public-private partnerships. By the way, this is all the guise and creation of Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum. But basically, these policies come down and say, hey, look, we're, we're killing the earth with our, uh, with our pollution here. And so we need to limit carbon dioxide, a naturally forming molecule that uh, is produced by the environment, as well as nitrogen, which is an element on the periodic table. <laughs> and uh, we need to limit farmers' production of these and the utilization of these, which has reduced the food supply or at least the food production in the European Union just the last year by over 50%, which means that people are going to starve because of these policies that are coming about through ESG, the environmental side. You know, it's interesting that they focus on things like carbon dioxide. They focus on things like nitrogen, but they're not focusing on things like... Um, let me see, uh, fluorides, they're not focusing on things like um, um, chlorines and various types of aerosol pollutions. They're not focusing on raw sewage, nuclear waste. They're not focusing on the things that actually damage the planet, poison the water, poison the soil, and poison the air. They're focusing on natural elements and molecules. Now, isn't that interesting? Things that are necessary for the sustainability of life. It should tell you all you need to know about their agenda. So the Texas Senate legislator here doing that subpoena is a win because what that's going to do, it's going to defund the operation. It's going to defund these people to a certain degree. And as more and more states pull back their pension money, as more and more countries remove the anti-wokeness and start removing these policies, legislation, and so forth, companies like BlackRock will begin to lose value, they'll begin to lose capital, and they'll start to change, like this right here. Anti-woke reaction, this is from MarketWatch. Fund giant Vanguard, we are just talking about Vanguard that was announced there, that, that complied with the subpoena there, quits Net Zero Climate Alliance. Vanguard, the world's second largest mutual and exchange traded fund manager, is pulling out of a major financial sector alliance intended to help tackle climate change, quote unquote, the firm announced Wednesday. And so, so environmental groups who follow pledges towards net zero greenhouse emissions from the lifeblood of the economy, the financial services and banking sector, called the exit a major blow to the effort, which it absolutely is. These groups argue that such a move is no, uh, not knowing to anti-woke sentiment that claims investments focused on the impending clean energy transition and other pro-climate actions only come as the expense of the investment returns. The alliance called the Net Zero Asset Managers, NZAM, was launched in late 2020 to encourage asset managers to hit a net zero emission target by 2050 to help keep a rise in global temperatures to 1.5 degrees Celsius. That's a voluntary temperature goal agreed to by the pivotal 2015 Paris climate meetings and is seen as a marker key to slow atmospheric warming. So this is interesting because Vanguard is one of the largest 
fund managers in the world, and they're exiting this, uh, this woke ESG fund. And so this is what we're saying. As more and more people step forth, as more and more states begin to express their authority through the 10th Amendment, we begin to take back power. And this reminds me, James Madison, Federalist 46. James Madison, Federalist 46, he said that the way you curb a tyrannical and oppressive government, if they ever rose up, and this even goes for the free market economies with the various businesses and corporations that rise up, is number one is disquietude. This is people standing up on their soapbox and yelling it to the world for everybody to hear, informing people, taking over the idea of information. Number two is protest. It is your First Amendment right to go out there and, and, and demand the redress of grievances. Go out there and produce civil disobedience. That's the word that actually James Madison talked about was civil disobedience. And the third is utilizing the power of the states, the 10th Amendment, state legislation that counteracts tyrannical policies and laws and then outspoken state governors. And this is exactly what we're seeing. We're seeing Abbott, we're seeing DeSantis, and more will follow. And what they're doing is they're utilizing their authority, their power through the states, to pull away out of this, this conditioning, this, this social conformity to ESG policies. By the way, as well as one other part of ESG, if you didn't know this, is social credit scores and global IDs and COVID passports and all this stuff. This is where it all falls under. Now, switching tides and going to something that we've also talked about here. Now, I've talked about what I call the firestorm event. This is We can also call this the jackpot event. And I've been saying this for years before I ever started doing this show, that we're going to start seeing attacks on various parts of our society. Now, what are these parts? We have social, cultural, institutional, political, academic, and then this is like the base foundation of what makes up a society. Above that, you have supply chain, infrastructure, laws, and policy. And then above that, you have economic, environmental, and geopolitical. Now, we are seeing attacks on every single one of those domains. So much so that the social, the cultural, the institutional, the political, the academic are already controlled by these elitists, by these globalists. That's why they're working now on supply chain, infrastructure, and laws. Well, federal law enforcement officials have now came out and warned of attacks on power, pl on power plants. Days after what officials are calling a targeted attack on power substations in North Carolina, uh, the federal law enforcement memo is now warning that there are more attacks coming. Power companies in Oregon and Washington have reported physical attacks on substations using hand tools, arson, firearms, metal chains, possibly in response to an online call for attacks on critical infrastructure. In recent attacks, criminal actors bypass security by cutting the fence links, lighting fires nearby, shooting equipment from a distance, or throwing objects over the fence onto equipment. The Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Justice have issued this warning that more of these will come. And now we're seeing exactly this, is that the, the attacks have been North Carolina, Oregon, Washington, and these are blatant attacks. Now, if we look at the past and what we've seen over the last year, year and a half, we've seen oil refineries have massive explosions, over 28 of them, I believe. 
We're seeing various different fires at food processing, manufacturing, and distribution facilities all throughout the United States. Now, if you take this in comparison to the fires that we're seeing around the world, I, I believe it's like a 12 to 1 ratio happening in the United States, with most of them culminating in the Midwest. So we find it really interesting that all, a lot of these attacks have already been happening. And a lot of these fires are all reported from accidental or unknown reasons. Uh, for me, understanding cybersecurity, cyber warfare, how it operates, is I believe that every single one of these attacks was most likely caused by something on a network that was controlled by a computer system. That it's a machine that operates and it operates very well. It operates throughout the night. And what happens is, is these systems become hacked by hackers, by foreign adversaries. And what they do is they just change the dynamics of the production, the operation of these machines just a little bit to wear them out, to wear them out to a certain point to where they overheat, overwhelm themselves and start on fire. I think that's what we're seeing. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back with more Dark Delight Show right after this. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right, back with the Dark Delight show. And we're talking about the attacks on infrastructure. 
and kind of what I was finishing up there was that these could possibly be cyber attacks that are occurring, that have been occurring, and now we're actually seeing the live physical kinetic attacks. And this should be a concern for everybody because just a few bullets fired in North Carolina took out power for over 40,000 people. This is critical infrastructure that's under attack in the United States. What we need to do is we need to be prepared. We need to be ready. We need to protect ourselves because these people are coming after our livelihood. They're attacking our country. We are lucky that within the last five years, we've taken over the most important domain of all, and that's the information domain because that is the domain that sits above all of these various other social, political, socioeconomic domains. That's why we have radio shows like this. But I do believe that things are going to get a lot worse before they get better. We're going to have small wins like we did today over ESG. But they're going to keep on pushing. They're going to persist. They're going to keep on moving forward. They're going, to result, they're going to resort to violence. They're going to resort to destabilizing our society, our culture, infiltrating our academics, our institutions, hijacking our politics, our laws. They're going to move to create destabilization and collapse of our economy, of our geopolitical environment, of our environment, our, our, our natural environment. Because it is through that chaos that the problems arise of which the people react and the solution comes, of which the solution for them is a techno-fascist, socio-communist, totalitarian, dystopian state. That's what they want. That's what they're moving towards. So we're going to keep on following this. We're going to update you guys as much as possible. Now, today, if you guys haven't heard, Brittany Grinner has been released from prison in Russia. She was uh, she went to Russia, I believe it was for like an expose of, of the, the women's basketball team. And she was visiting there and she brought some cannabis with her. And cannabis is illegal in Russia. And she was sentenced to jail. Rightfully so. You break another country's laws. Guess what? You're going to go to jail. And, and Brittany, by the way, is, is trans. Uh, so it's a, a man who identifies as a woman playing in the woman's NBA. I, confusing situation. I get it, but understandable. But this pot-smoking trans woman was just traded, probably the best trade the WNBA has ever done, um, was just traded for a notorious Russian arms dealer, Victor Bout. If you remember the movie with, uh, oh, what's his name? I'm going to forget his name now, not Kevin Costner. I always get this guy, Nicolas Cage called Lord of War, where he's the arms dealer. Th this movie was based on the life of Victor Bout. This guy is responsible for thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of deaths worldwide. But you know, it's interesting because 
Joe Biden made this trade for Victor Bout, you know, guy convicted of killing thousands upon thousands of people for this pot smoking trans basketball player, which I think is an unfair deal. He could have at least got a two for one deal if he got Marine Paul Wellen released as well. The family of retired Marine Paul Wellen said Thursday that a prisoner swap for WNBA star Brittany Grinner that left Wellen in Russia was catastrophic because the U.S. would no longer have leverage to free him. On Thursday, it was revealed that President Joe Biden's administration had returned Griner to U.S. custody after she was been sentenced for a drug charge. In exchange, it gave Russian convicted arms dealer Victor Bout. But when Wellen was left behind in Russia, though the Biden administration had been telling reporters for months that the U.S. was trying to secure his release as well, he has been imprisoned on spying charges that he denies. News reported Thursday that Wellen's relatives said they had been warned in advance of the impending Griner swap and that it would not include Wellen so they could prepare themselves for disappointment. Wellen's brother, David Wellen, said in a statement that while he can literally only imagine the joy Griner will have, of course, being reunited with her loved ones and in time for the holidays, the inability was also to bring Wellen home remains difficult for the family in the process. That early warning meant that our family has been able to mentally prepare for what is now public disappointment for us. And the catastrophe for Paul, David Wellen said, I do not know if he is aware yet, although he will surely learn from the Russian media. And Paul Wellen, by the way, a retired Marine who is... uh, was kind of convicted in Russia for what they can claim is spying, was most likely a, a intelligence operator working over enemy lines, mo- most likely. And the fact that the United States is just leaving him there tells you all you need to know. And this is kind of what a lot of our reaction is. You know, does Brittany Grinner deserve to come home? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the crime is negligible in our country, a misdemeanor at best. Uh, but in Russia, you know, you, when you visit a foreign country, you have to abide by their laws. You have to know their laws. I, if I travel to a different state or a different country, I, I look up the laws before I go, especially the ones that are going to be pertinent to me. And so, obviously, there was some, some, I guess, some arrogance in there. Oh, man, I forgot to, to pull my vape out and not take it with me. Okay, understandable. Does she deserve to be jailed for the amount of time? I think it was nine years. No, absolutely not. That's, cr- that's cruel and unusual. But does Victor Bout deserve to be released in exchange for that person? I, I can't really say, but I, I would have done a two-for-one deal if I was Biden. I would have done a two-for-one deal because I guarantee you Russia would have took that two-for-one deal as well. Biden has quoted scripture and vows to limit the number of bullets that can be in a magazine. President Joe Biden spoke on the 10th annual National Gun Control Visual Wednesday night and assured attendees he is still pushing to limit the number of bullets that can be in a cartridge. Biden said this after mentioning gun control legislation he signed into law in mid-summer 2022. After Biden mentioned his gun control legislation, he quickly added, it's still not enough. The visual attendees broke into applause. He then said, our work continues to limit the number of bullets that can be in a cartridge. Type of weapons that can be purchased and sold, attempt to ban assault weapons, a whole range of things that are just common sense. Biden talked about how the federal assault weapons ban was in place once and suggested we can do it again. He then said, scripture says the light shines in darkness and the darkness have not overcome it. 
Biden then told the gun control vigil attendees that they are the light. Now, the the problem with what he was saying there is the assault weapon ban is still in place. Um, for instance, <clears throat> right now, you can go out and purchase a, an Armalite AR-15, 5.56, chambered 5.56223 rifle from just about any gun store. That rifle is semi-automatic, which means that one trigger pull equals one shot downrange. Typically, depending on what state you're in, you can have a 10-round magazine to a 30-round magazine. I'm going to finish on this because it's important to understand that Biden's lying and what he's really trying to say. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right, back to the Dark Delight show. And we were just talking there about the assault weapon ban. And I was, I was given the difference, really, between this, right? Is that an AR-15, Armalite 15 rifle, a chambered 5.56223, you know, it shoots one round at a time. And the magazines typically can carry between 10 to 30 rounds, depending on which state you're in. Now... An assault weapon, or what's considered an assault weapon, military-type weapons, like an M4, chambered 5.56223, has a selector switch, which can go from fully automatic to semi-automatic. So you can go from fully automatic to three-round burst. They are not the same gun. That M4-type rifle is not available for sale anywhere in the United States of America, which would be considered an assault weapon. And I've made this point many times that if we look at other countries who have banned guns or outlawed guns in various forms, what we see is that the same percentage of crimes still occur just with alternative methodologies, with with knives, with swords, with vehicles, with explosives, or whatever it might be. Because crazy people and criminals will always be crazy people and criminals, It doesn't matter what the weaponry is. If they want to kill people, they're going to kill people. That's just the way the world works. So with that being said, I also believe in open carry laws and that all states should also have constitutional uh, concealed carry and that gun education should be taught in our schools, at least in middle school and high school, including safety, uh, hunter safety and education courses. Because the more you familiarize people with weapons and guns, the more that you take the stigma away from them, the more people feel safe around them and with them, especially if they understand their usage. And in places like Texas, 
at least in the conservative areas. You failed to see the same amount of, of crimes in those highly populated constitutional carry areas. Whereas in very, very gun-free liberal zones, you see a high, high increase in gun crime. And also the note, criminals who want a gun will always get a gun illegally. Criminals don't follow laws. That's why they're criminals. But anyways, <clears throat> I'm, I'm ranting on this, but I think we get the point is that the removal of guns from society, the push by the liberals to do so, has nothing to do with crime or murder. It has everything to do with our ability to resist tyranny. It has everything to do with us as Americans rising up against our government, which is our God-given right as declared by the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence, granted to us by our Creator, and reassured by the Second Amendment of the Constitution. That's what they're afraid of. That's why they're trying to get rid of it. Looking, uh, looking at some other good news, uh, Arizona Mojave County Board of Supervisors is discussing litigation against Maricopa County following what they claim to be a fraudulent election. November 8, 2022, at least 50% of the tabulators or printers were not operating on Election Day in Maricopa County. Republicans waited some four hours in the Arizona uh, sun to vote in Maricopa County. Thousands were told they could vote at a different precinct after they signed in, which they couldn't. And tens of thousands were told to dump their ballots into a bin that would be counted later. No one knows what happens to the contents of those bins. Following Election Day, Democrat candidates won more than 50% of the votes despite only recording 17% of the turnout on Election Day. How is that even possible? Well, it's not. <clears throat> Arizona must throw out the fall election results and redo the midterm election. The December 15th Mojave County Board of Directors are going to, on December 15th, the Mojave County Board of Directors are going to discuss possible litigation against Maricopa County for stealing the 2022 election from the Arizona people. No one county should have that level of power over all the other counties combined within a state. And I agree with that. Going to uh, our Congress, Maxine Waters doesn't plan to subpoena former FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried to testify at a hearing on the crypto Ponzi scheme. Now, isn't this crazy that he's not going to face charges, he's not being indicted, the DOJ isn't investigating him, the SEC isn't investigating him, and Congress is not going to subpoena him? <laughs> well, well, that's kind of interesting. He, he was the second largest donor to the Democrats during the midterms, had vowed to give the Democrats over $1 billion in the next year. The $27 million came from embezzled funds that he took from FTX users. He's been pictured in friendly conversation with Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, and many others. He, uh, Carolyn Ellison, the CEO of Alameda Research, the subsidiary company that they were funding the money through, father just happens to be good friends and a professor at MIT with Gary Ginsler, the head of the SEC. Do, do you see like just how blatantly corrupt they are and they just don't care? They throw it right in your face and they just don't care. Sam Bankman-Fried should be going to jail and he should be ratting out everybody above him who allowed this to happen, who created the scenario to happen. But he will walk 
Nothing will happen. That $10 billion is now in the hands of people like George Soros and other elitist globalists throughout the world. German police conducted the largest raid since the Third Reich yesterday, totaling 137 properties belonging to 52 people with 3,000 cops nationwide. 25 suspects were arrested on charges of forming a terrorist organization, including a 71-year-old Prince Henry VIII of Royce press and a half a dozen TV crews were informed on scene leading a left-wing MP to call the whole thing a show. It was reminiscent of recent U.S. raids on conservatives in America. In a laundry list of evidence sure to amuse most MAGA patriots, police found one firearm, as well as blank guns, pepper supplies, and large amounts of cash. The conspirators are said to belong to a so-called Reichsberger seem, many of them royalists who believe Germany is occupied by the Allies and has no peace treaty post-World War II. Reichsberg often sympathized with a movement known as QAnon. The domestic security spokeswoman of the leftist party in Bundestag, uh, Martina Renner, criticized the raid, calling it a show and revealing that journalists had been informed up to two weeks ahead of time, even of the names of the suspects, their addresses, and the time of the raid. Info about the raid was so widely available it seemed more like a publicity stunt she told NTV. The risk this caused the operation of the officers involved was completely out of proportion. Renner herself had known about the largest police raid since the Third Reich since last week, even though it's allegedly classified as top secret, according to the Attorney General. And they wanted to return the country back to 1918. That's right. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting the kind of look at these movements that are occurring in the world is that people want to change their government because they're not happy with what government they have. It doesn't matter what country you're in. People want to change their governments because they're not happy with the governments they have. And that should be the defining factor of where we're at currently in this world. Well, how about this one? In Argentina, Tina, the communist vice president, Cristina Kirchner, is sentenced to six years in prison and banned from public office for life. Kirshner was found guilty of fraudulent administration during her earlier terms as president of the country from 2007 to 2015. The country's federal prosecutor's office concluded the former president organized a corruption scheme that distributed public funds to a construction, construction company for roads works, which were, according to the complaint, overpriced and unnecessary and most likely driving kickbacks directly into her pocket. The investigation discovered millionaire contracts Arranged between the vice president and the old family friend, Lazaro Bez, regarding the province of Santa Cruz, where she and her late husband, Nestor Kirchner, developed their political careers. According to the prosecution, Bez started a company to embezzle revenues through false bidding processes. The contractor was convicted of money laundering and sentenced to six years in jail. Ferdinand de Kirchner denied the allegations and claimed that the entire case was politically motivated. The defense said that the prosecutors didn't gather any evidence connecting her to the corruption deal, which favored Baez's company. After the sentence was passed, supporters of the vice president organized violent protests around the court. Despite the sentence, Kirchner is unlikely to serve jail time due to the immunity her current role provides as head of the Senate. The Constitution prevents the imprisonment unless she's condemned of impeachment process. And hopefully they go to the impeachment process. In other news, Peru's president is ousted and arrested after a bid to dissolve the Congress. 
<clears throat> Peru's leftist president, Pedro Castillo, was ousted by lawmakers and arrested Wednesday in a dizzying series of events in a country long prone to political upheaval. Dina Bolarte, 60-year-old lawyer, was sworn in as Peru's first female president just hours after Castillo tried to dissolve the Congress and move criticized as an attempted coup. The day of high drama began with Castillo facing the third impeachment attempt since the former rural school teachers unexpectedly won power from Peru's traditional political elite in election 18 months ago. In a televised address to the nation, the 53-year-old announced that he was dissolving the opposition dominated Congress, installing a curfew, and would rule by decree. As Curtison pulled in over the address, lawmakers had finally gathered early, then planned to debate the impeachment motion and approved it with 101 votes out of the total 130 lawmakers. Castillo was impeached for his moral incapacity to exercise power after a litany of crises, including six investigations against him, five cabinet reshuffles, and large protests. And, uh, you know, this is interesting because we're seeing political upheavals everywhere around the world. <clears throat> if you haven't been paying attention to Brazil, well, it's happening there, too. Venezuela is actually shunning guerrillas, communist guerrillas into the highlands that are coming down. And they're fighting with the Brazilian military, who is fighting for Bolsonaro, who they're saying legitimately won the election. They found rampant evidence of voter fraud from Lula. I call him Lulu. From Lula, the communist uh, former communist leader, uh, felon, as well as the person who supposedly won this election, Jake Sullivan, uh, Sullivan, the national security advisor that Joe Biden actually just went to Brazil to meet with Lula and his transition team. So we're probably going to see a U.S. intervention over there as well. Bolsonaro is fighting back and the military has vowed to take out all this communist infiltration and put Bolsonaro back in power, of which he still has power. So kind of interesting there. What else do we have here? Celine Dion has been uh, diagnosed with a rare neurological disorder. Around one in a million people are estimated to have this condition known as stiff person syndrome. A friend of mine was, uh, was jokingly saying that I wonder if this is adrenochrome withdrawal, which possibly, possibly could be. Who knows? Absolutely could be adrenochrome result. I don't know. But that's sad for Celine Dion there. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Dark Delight Show right after this. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. 
The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right. Back to the Dark Delight show. So in Caracas, Venezuela, we were just talking about Brazil there. Now we're going to move on to Venezuela. Venezuela removed eight tons of gold from the central bank's vaults last week. The cash-strapped socialist states is expected to sell the bullion abroad as it seeks to raise hard currency in the face of U.S. sanctions. With sanctions imposed by Washington choking off revenues from exports by state oil companies, President Nicolas Maduro increasingly isolated the administration as turned to the sales of Venezuela's substantial gold reserves as one of the only sources of foreign currency. The government sources said the central bank's reserves had fallen by 30 tons since the start of the year before President Donald Trump tightened sanctions, leaving the bank with around 100 tons in its vaults worth more than $4 billion. Interestingly enough, China has been unveiled as the... Uh, the one who came out and bought massive amounts of gold bullion this last year. There was an anonymous buyer that everybody was wondering who it was. I believe it was about 100 tons. And it turns out to be China. And what we're seeing is the BRICS plus nations are hoarding gold. They're buying up as much of it as possible. We know that the introduction of various currencies, the ruble, so forth, are moving to the transition of gold-backed currencies. And China is making this effort to go out there and buy as much gold as possible. Why? Because they understand that a global economic collapse is occurring. They understand that the Western nations are probably going to um, levy some type of sanctions against them, which means, means that they have to be economically stable and have some type of backup reliability as well as asset to fall back on. And lastly, that they're changing the global economy and hijacking it from the westernized nations and the fractional reserve fiat currency system, the credit debt system that is currently in place. What does this mean? You probably should be out there buying gold and silver. Just saying. Yeah, probably should be out there buying gold and silver. We missed Dr. Kirk Elliott this week. But if you do have those IRAs that you, uh, that you want to transfer over, no cost, transfer over, or you just want to start an IRA for your, 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 your son, your daughter, your nephew, your grandson, whatever it might be. Or you have a 401k that's older, not managed. You want to transfer that over. Or if you have a 401k that you just cashed out or taken a loan or whatever from it, and you want to get some gold and silver, getgoldtoday.com. Getgoldtoday.com. Or you can go ahead and just give Dr. Kirk Elliott's team a call. They're, they're professional. They're polite. They're awesome. And, and that number is 720-605-3900. Let them know that Dark Delight Show you. Josh is the one that sent you over there. 
And, you know, there's just so much happening in the world. It's really hard sometimes to keep up with it. Woke versus woke, over a thousand New York Times employees go on strike. The Dem says, do not cross the digital picket line. It's just, it's just incredible. Over 1,100 New York Times employees are going on strike Thursday. The strike is set to last for only 24 hours, right? Because that's going to make a statement, right? Oh, uh, you know, it's like it's like a Saturday. <laughs> 1,100 of us are going on strike for one day. Oh, so it's an extended weekend. Okay. The strike is over the fact that no agreement has been reached between the New York Times and the New York Times Guild. Around 40 bargaining sessions have already taken place. Uh, the employees are set to go on the 24-hour strike that begins Thursday, December 8th at midnight following the company's failure to reach an agreement. Um, over 1,100 Times workers plan to go on strike, 24 hours. Um, the unsuccessful negotiations between the New York Times and the New York Times Guild to renegotiate the last contract expired in March 2021. The contract's expiration, roughly 40 bargaining sessions, have occurred between the parties, but negotiators have failed to come to an agreement. It also sounds like the rail workers that were threatening to go on strike as well. That one, obviously, is government-owned in the sense of transportation infrastructure, of which Joe Biden gave him that seven days of paid lead, which... Rightfully so. Everybody should have seven days of paid leave a year, for goodness sake. What employer, I mean, do you remember the day where employers used to pay you pensions and give you sick leave and they used to compete for your skills and your work? Now, now you can't even get employed and, and, and have them pay you bonuses or pay you what you're worth. That's the problem with this world that's been created. That's the problem with inflation. That's the problem with devaluing of money. Man, I know a lot of you are out there thinking, man, I just want the world to go back to the way it used to be. I feel you. I, I truly do agree with you on that, that I, I just sometimes wish that the world would go back to the times when it was simple. The times when it was simple, I would say the 1980s and 1990s. I know a lot of people would disagree with me. But... That's when I remember it as somewhat normal. Uh, Senate Ron Johnson hosts a historic roundtable with discussions on the COVID vaccine with prominent doctors, including Dr. McCullough, Malone, Cole, Reich, and others. If you did not get the tune in on that and you're skeptical about the things that I've said about the COVID vaccine, I highly recommend that you go listen to this. The roundtable discussion had prominent doctors expose the dangers of the experimental mRNA COVID vaccine um, called COVID-19 vaccines, what they are, how they work, the possible causes of injury, was the title of the discussion held at the Hart Senate building, which featured both professional testimony and personal accounts from people who had suffered injuries after receiving the COVID-19 vaccine. Experts in the field of medicine spoke of the, the event, including Dr. Peter, Peter McCullough, Robert Malone, Dr. Ryan Cole, Dr. Pierre Corey, Dr. Paul Merrick. Harvey, Dr. Paul Reich, Dr. Aaron Siri, um, Edward Dowd, Open Veris founder Liz Wilner, David Gottler. Now, by the way, Dr. Ryan Cole and Dr. Paul Merrick happened to be some of the lead cardiologists that treat myocarditis in the world, peer-reviewed. These people aren't just doctors they found in some family practice. These people are well-published, well-researched, peer-reviewed clinicians, cardiologists, world-renowned professionals on myocarditis that are coming forth and talking about this. So 
this is incredibly important for people to go out there and watch this. It's quite a few hours long. Um, you can find it linked up, I believe, on the gatewaypundit.com. You can check that out. But understand, the, these people who testified are putting their licenses on the line. They're putting their reputation on the line because the establishment is going to come back and attack them. They're going to come back and try to ruin their lives, their families, because that's what happens when you speak out against the establishment. Dr. Peter McCullough has already lost his medical license to practice medicine because of this. All right, guys, that's all we have for the Dark Delight Show today for you. I'll be back with you next Monday. Tomorrow, you'll be with uh, Jim Price at the Jim Price Show. So enjoy that. Much love, respect. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys next time. Take care.